Hello everyone, a blessing to be back with you again this week. I do appreciate the opportunity to be able to have time to spend with you today. Well, let's get straight in then and uh, let's return ourselves to Genesis chapter 3 verse 21, which says, Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Well, the sin that came as a result of Satan's deception had separated the man and the woman from God's stated purpose for their creation, which will remember was for them to have dominion, for them to rule. And they have both died in a spiritual sense. And here's something that's very important to note. Death in scripture never has to do with ceasing to exist. It always has to do with separation from God's purpose. Every human being is an eternal being. Even those who are eternally lost will be resurrected to the great white throne judgment. And from there, of course, they will be placed into the lake of fire for the endless ages that are to follow. So death really has nothing ever to do with ceasing to exist. Physical death is just one thing, um, but that has nothing to do with the death of the person there ceasing to exist at all. And we may remember what we read in Ephesians 2.1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. So if we just ask ourselves a question here. When we were dead in trespasses and sins, in what sense were we dead? We were walking around, we were eating, we were drinking, we were breathing. Um, there was no absence of physical life on our part at that time, but there was an absence of spiritual life. We were spiritually separated from God's purpose. Then as we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, so he made us alive. The Holy Spirit breathed into us the breath of spiritual life, just as we see happening with Adam at the very beginning of Genesis. And we became eternally saved and no longer separated from God's purpose for the endless ages. And this is what is set in place through the foundational type of the man and the woman. So let's ask ourselves another question here. We are eternally saved, but when does eternity begin? The moment we physically die? Well, absolutely not. We have seen from the foundation in Genesis chapter 1 that there are to be six days, followed by a seventh day in which rulership is to take place. And as these days have a specific beginning and a specific ending, then we are not dealing with eternity. That must come after the end of the seventh day. Well, let's just add something to this then, thinking of these seven days. Second Peter chapter 3, verse number 8. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So what are we told not to forget? We are not to forget that one day in Genesis, from God's perspective, is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day in Genesis. So then, we see that there are seven one thousand year days that correspond exactly to the seven 24 hour days that we see in Genesis chapter one. And again, when does eternity begin? 
it begins at the end of the seventh 1000 year day. So it's so important for us to see this and to understand that that eternity only begins once the specific time frame that God has set in place in which he deals with mankind and the earth has run its full course. It's pictured through seven days in Genesis chapters one and two. And through Peter, we understand that from God's perspective, when dealing with man, that we're looking at seven 1000 year days. And these seven 1000 year days must be completed before the endless ages, that which we call eternity, then begins. So let's go back for a moment to the man and the woman. God's provision for their sin, the death and shed blood of the animals that provided the tunics of skin, gave them spiritual life. They were no longer separated from God's purpose for them for the seventh day. But here's the thing. Did they receive back the covering of glory that they had lost? Did they immediately begin to rule? Well, the answers to these questions is no, nor could they. They had spiritual life, but their soul was still corrupted, having a sin nature. And of course, their bodies had no glory. Well, if they were to rule then, all three parts of their being, body, soul and spirit, have to be redeemed. Their spirit had been, but not their soul and their body. And God would have to make the provision for this. So all this forms a picture for us. And what we will learn from it is this. We have spiritual life with regards to eternity the endless ages, but we still have a sin nature, don't we? And if we were to look in the mirror, we'd see quite simply that we don't have a covering of glory. So how then is all this to be rectified? If we are to rule with the Lord in that seventh day, that 7,000th year as God has made us in order to do that, but there's only one part of our being that at the moment is redeemed, how is the rest of this to be rectified? Well, if we go back to our foundation in Genesis chapter one, we'll find our answer. Now, we know from what we've studied in the past that the earth was in a ruined condition because of Satan's sin. And then the first thing that God did to begin the restoration of that which was ruined was to bring light out of the darkness on day number one. But the restoration was not complete until day number six. So God had another five days of work to bring about the complete restoration. Well, our spiritual birth, the redemption of our spirit, corresponds to day one in Genesis. It was the day when we had light shine in what previously for us was only spiritual darkness. And it is God's initial work in us. It's not his complete work. There must now be a continuing work beyond our eternal salvation, pictured by days two through six in Genesis chapter one, to bring us to complete restoration so that we might rule with Christ in the seventh day. 
You see, the thing to keep in mind here is this. If the Lord was faced with a ruined creation because of Satan's sin, the ruined earth and the heavens, and he then decided that it would take six days of work to rectify that situation, how can he deal with any ruined creation differently from that? Man is a creation. God created him. Man became ruined because of the introduction of sin in the garden. So if man is going to be restored, there must be six days of work in order to accomplish that. God does not change the way he does things. As they are from the beginning, he remains that way all the time. He never changes. And so if you see what we find in Genesis chapter 1, that there's an initial action, the light shining in the darkness. And as we see that as being that point of our eternal salvation, we must realise that there is more work that God is going to do, pictured in those days of work, days 2 through 5 in Genesis chapter 1, 2 through 6, sorry, in order that we will be completely redeemed, spirit, soul and body. And the thing is, if we refuse to believe what the scripture teaches about this, then there's going to be no possibility of us ruling with Christ in the seventh day for reasons which will become quite obvious later on. And if we think or if we have been taught already that we are already saved body, soul and spirit at our new birth, then we are deceived. It's not true. If we think or we have been taught that we are already ruling with Christ now in his kingdom, then we are deceived. It is not true. And if we think or if we have believed that what awaits us next is eternity, then we are deceived. It is not true. And none of these things would be true because of what we're taught in the scriptures. But obviously, please do not just take my word for this. Go to the scriptures and see it for yourself. But one thing to keep in mind here when we look at this, 1 Peter 1, 9, receiving the end or the goal or the purpose of your faith. What is it? The salvation of your souls. The salvation of our what? Yes, you heard it correctly. The salvation of our soul is the future goal and the purpose of our present faith. And please, let's recall from what we had a couple of weeks back now, that the word for spirit and the word for soul in both the Hebrew and the Greek languages are two entirely separate words that cannot and are never used interchangeably. So when Peter says that the future outcome, the future purpose for us having faith now is the salvation of our souls, that's exactly what he means. But it's future. It hasn't happened in the past. It hasn't happened now, but it will do. And to end today, let's just go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition but of those who believe, those who have faith to the saving of the soul. Well, we'll return to this and look at more things next time when we come together again, only, of course, if the Lord is willing. 
So thank you for the time today. God bless you. And we'll look forward to being together next week. Good.